Welcome back to another episode of Crush and Lemons. As always, my name is Ryan and I'll be your host each episode. As the old saying goes, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Here on Crush and Lemons, we're dedicated to sharing the inspirational stories of our guests each week who've persevered through life's challenges. On today's episode, our special guest is Rachel, and she's going to share her story of going from an unknown disease to trying to get diagnosed and the challenges she faced along the way and ultimately how this will affect the rest of her life. So now it's time to sit back, relax, grab some lemonade, and join Rachel and I as we talk about her lemon moment and how she was able to make her very own lemonade. So welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Crush and Lemons. We've got another incredible guest with us this week. And to kick off the episode, I will let her introduce herself. Thank you, Ryan. Um, Thanks for having me. My name is Rachel. I'm a boy mom of four awesome kids. Um, I married my high school sweetheart, and we've been married for 12 years now. I'm Wisconsin-based, but I love to travel. I'm one of the only women drone pilots in the state of Wisconsin. So Rachel and I met quite a few years ago, kind of in the photography realm of things. And that's kind of how we know each other. So I I know some of her story. And that's why I really wanted to feature her on an episode of Crush and Lemons. So thank you for taking time to join me today, even though it's virtually over many miles. But to get started, let's just dive right in and kind of set the scene and tell the backstory for what your lemon moment is. Sure. Um, So I wanted to share with everyone today about my health journey. I would like to say that years ago in high school, I used to teach dance. I went to college for dance. I was always super duper active. Um, and after having kids, things just kind of like went downhill as far as health goes. Um, I remember like just lots of excess weight gain happening in my life and my hair would fall out in like clumps, like huge giant clumps. And I remember going to my doctor one day crying and saying, I don't think this is normal. And she was like, no, you're fine. And she literally sent me out the door. So that's kind of how my journey started. (laughs) Um, And it ended up with lots of blood tests and me later finding out that I have a disease called Hashimoto's disease. So that's kind of how my journey started. (laughs) I don't know what parts you got me to break apart of that. Looking back to when you kind of realized something was wrong How long did it take you and working with the variety of doctors and medical professionals, how long was it for you until you actually knew that you were diagnosed with that disease? It was actually almost a year. Um, I'm super stubborn. Uh, So I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm not feeling good. Like, I can't lose weight. I'm going to like cold turkey, change my diet. I'm going to cold turkey, change my exercise routine. So I started training for a 5K. I started working out regularly three nights a week for an hour at least each time. So, which doesn't seem like a lot to some people, I'm sure. But for where I was at life, that seemed like a lot to me. Completely flipped my diet around. And after doing that for a year, nothing had changed. And I was like, okay, something has to be wrong. Like I was using apps to like track my food. I was using apps to track my exercise, to track my sleep habits. It was ridiculous and nothing changed. So I finally walked back into my doctor's office and I was like, here's everything I ate for the last 90 days. Tell me what I did wrong. (laughs) And and how did they react to that with you coming in there so prepared? (laughs) 
I don't, I think I caught them off guard to be honest. Um, she kind of like flipped through a few pages and she was like, Oh, Oh. And then she like got to one page and she was like, I see on Tuesday you had a slice of bread. And I was like, yes, I did. <laughs> and she's like, well, that's probably what did it. Okay, this is not normal. Cause like, I know skinny people who eat bread more than like once a month and something else has to be wrong. <laughs> I, I can see where that would be very frustrating, especially going through and documenting it all and trying different things and not seeing any results like that would be the most frustrating to me anyways. Right. Oh, for sure. And like any fitness program out there, I always kind of jumped into it like I'm going to be the poster child for this someday. Like someday my I'm going to have like the before and after photo and it's going to be me. I'm going to be that person and I'm going to make this company so much money. They're like going to put me on tours. <laughs> <laughs> so like when that didn't happen, I think I started like freaking out almost like something. There has to be something more than this. I don't know what it is, but there's something more and I need to figure it out. As you were trying to go through this, what would you say was kind of your biggest fear while navigating this journey? I think my biggest fear was never finding out. So just kind of this unknown or doctors that would keep passing me off as you're fine. Um, that was my biggest fear. And a lot of times that does happen in the health industry and in our hospital communities, which I think is the most frustrating. Like as a business owner, if I can't do something for somebody that they want, I just flat out say, sorry, I can't do it. And that's okay. And they, like I say, you know, contact so-and-so they could help you better in this area. That's their expertise. And I just kind of walk away from it and I don't care. And I think the health community sees that as they're not doing their job. If they were to admit they can't do it, which is okay. It's okay to say you're not an expert in every field of the human body because there's a lot of different moving parts, literally. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned that it it's probably difficult for some medical professionals to admit that they don't know everything. Um, but I feel like that kind of also expands to more than just medical professionals as like humans in general, we have a very difficult time admitting when we're wrong and when we don't know something. Yeah. So when you're, yeah. you're going to somebody who's supposed to be there to help you and answer these questions and they're not doing their job, but they're maybe too stubborn to admit they don't even know what to do. Um, I commend yeah. you for continuing to push and dig and really try to find this solution and find those answers for yourself along the way. Thank you. Yeah. It's, and like you said too, it's with every industry. I've seen it in like home builders or, you know, handymen that come over or like the dentist I go to. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just a lot in different industries too. Like whether I'm going into a grocery store and I want to know, um, like where certain food items are and no one helps you or they just point in a general direction and they're like, it's over there. <laughs> like, okay, are you going to tell me an aisle or like, what do I do? <laughs> so, <laughs> I was actually listening to another podcast the other day and they, the, one of the hosts ran into that same problem. They were looking for a new microphone okay. that they were supposed to be able to get at Best Buy. So he went into the okay. store and it's in New York. So it was like a three story Best Buy. 
and talked to somebody and was like, hey, I hear you have this microphone. Where is it? And the person's like, oh, you need to go down to the first floor for this in this area. So he goes down there, finds somebody and says, "Okay, I was told to come here. And they're like, oh, that's not our area. Like, go talk to the Apple guys. So he goes over to the Apple guys and the Apple people were like, well, this isn't even our microphone. So why are you talking to us? So that that definitely happens to a lot of people where it's just kind of like, we're going to push you off on somebody else and hope that maybe you go away. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's kind of the point I got to is I was so like hungry for anyone to listen to me. I was willing to pay whatever it takes. And uh, there's people that like to take advantage of that also. And that's totally what happened to me. So <laughs> yeah, so I found a, a, a natural healthcare doctor and they were li- willing to listen to me. I went to like their seminars and I got all the info I needed and they, it sounded super convincing. I'm not going to lie. And I do think that parts of what they do could be very helpful for people that are going through basic health needs. Um, the disease that I have, it's definitely something beyond that, beyond like dietary changes and beyond, um, like stretching (laughs) (laughs) yoga can't fix everything unfortunately no 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 it does help stretching and you know regular exercise does help but there are certain things that medicine can fix too Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah as you were um, going through all of this, was there anybody in your life who was kind of like your rock that helped ground you as you were trying to figure all of this out? Or was it kind of like a solo mission for you? I would say that like my faith that I have in God, like really got me through it. That's always kind of been like the grounding rock through my life story. As far as like people, people, my husband's super supportive of me because he knows how stubborn I am. And he was able to see me try all these things, think it would work with me, and then watch it ultimately fail. So I think he was the biggest person that kept pushing me to like keep going and keep asking questions and not just settle for the first doctor that would listen or pretended to listen. Was there ever a point for you where you got so frustrated or fed up that you considered kind of giving up and just accepting the unknown and not pushing any farther? Yeah, it was actually after I started seeing um, this natural doctor, I had paid thousands of dollars to see this person. They don't accept medical insurance. um, So it's cash only. Um, So I threw in so much money into like meetings with this guy and supplements and like cookbook recipes and things. And it was kind of like, I have to stay with this because I've spent so much money getting to this point. Um, and it was, it was hard to admit that I'd made the wrong decision and that all the money I had spent was meaningless because I still wasn't healthy. It got to the point where Um, One of the medications I was put on uh, was iodine tablets. And iodine is supposed to, if you have Hashimoto's disease or a thyroid disorder, which is ultimately what it is, it's supposed to give you like a boost of energy. So for like the first, I'd say like 
two weeks I was on it, I was like amazing. I wasn't necessarily like losing weight or anything, but I was perky. I was able to like do things with my kids and my family. I was active. Um, and then beyond that, I started to decline so much. I couldn't like walk to the bathroom by myself. I couldn't drive myself places. I had to have my husband or my mom like cart me around. Uh, I couldn't go grocery shopping. It was horrible. And all this time I still have my four kids. So (laughs) details. Um, (laughs) So it was kind of at that point, I was like, something is like really not right. And I need to push even farther than what I've already gotten to. And I need to keep going to find an answer. So as you continued to push forward and ultimately search out these answers, when did you get to the point that you actually found out and were diagnosed? How did that all happen? Sure. Okay. So I was talking to my friend, Angela. She also has Hashimoto's disease. And I said, you know, like, I'm just like, really, I feel extra sick. Like I feel worse than when I started. And she was going through my um, supplements list with me. And she was like, why are you on iodine? And I was like, I I don't know. They told me to. So I did it. And she's like, just so you know, after a certain point, iodine is going to start ripping apart the muscle of your thyroid. Like the flesh of your thyroid is going to start deteriorating. And I was like, oh, that's probably not good. (laughs) So I stopped that and I talked to her a little bit and she sees a specialist who specializes in Hashimoto's disease in California. So I ended up going to California with her to meet her doctor and started my health journey completely all over again there. What kind of emotions were you feeling when you finally got to meet with that doctor and got an answer after this journey of searching? I cried. Um, (laughs) (laughs) like a blubbery mess. I don't usually cry. Um, but I, I legit cried because I was just happy that someone listened to me. Um, they ran tests that no one had ever done before. There's basic tests and things you can do to diagnose Hashimoto's disease. Um, one of them, you can't see it, but my fingernails have really deep ridges in them. And it almost sounds like a xylophone. Like if you run your fingernail across it, they're really deep, but that's one sign of Hashimoto's disease. Um, another thing they can do is a reflex test. So like if you think of going to the doctor and they hit your knee and your foot swings forward, my foot does that. It just takes longer to do it. Um, so I have really slow reflexes, which is also a sign of Hashimoto's disease. The last test they did, which was mind boggling to me, um, was a metabolism test. So a typical human body, just by existing, you burn between like 1800 and like 2800 calories a day just by existing without working out. Um, My body was burning 800 calories a day. So, in order to maintain my current weight, this is not to lose weight, to maintain my current weight, I found out that I would have to run nine miles a day to maintain my current weight. That is crazy. Right. And that's when I was like, oh, that's why none of my stuff is working. That's why none of my like 5K training is working. That's why like my clean eating isn't working. That's why my exercise isn't working because I physically don't have the time in a day to do this and still take care of my family and still run a business and be married. (laughs) I don't even like running one mile, let alone trying to do like nine on a regular basis. 
Right. Yeah. And not every day. (laughs) (laughs) So that was kind of the big like emotion of, oh, I wasn't crazy. There really is something wrong with me. And like, thank you for telling me. I, I can only imagine the relief you felt once you had an answer and could start working towards kind of overcoming and, and figuring out how to work all of this into your regular everyday life. Yeah, yeah. It was like a huge relief off my shoulders for sure. So now that we know a little bit about your background and kind of your lemon moment and going through this unknown struggle, now that you've been diagnosed and you've been living with this, what would you say is kind of your lemonade you've been able to gather from these experiences? I think a lot of it is just knowing and telling other people what I've been through to encourage them to advocate for themselves. Um, One of the, again, nothing against the medical field, nothing against the naturalist doctors, um, but I should have kept asking questions. I found out that the very first thyroid test I ever had done only consisted of three different blood panels, which to me, I was like, oh, three, they did something like, you know, kudos to them. I should have done more digging and more research um, into things to know that a full thyroid panel consists of over 20 different blood types, like blood panels. So I guess (laughs) sharing that information with other people so that they can be educated when they feel like their body's failing them or when there's a problem so that they can go in. That's been a huge lemonade moment for me (laughs) and also finding other people that are going through the same health journey or struggles um, just so that we can connect and talk. has been really big too. And what kind of outlets have you been able to use to connect with others who have been going through similar journeys with you? A lot of it is social media, um, which (laughs) love hate relationship with that, but Every once in a while, I'll share about my story, like on my Instagram page, and I'll get a message from someone that just says, hey, I'm going through this. Can I ask you a question? So just like little connections like that have been really helpful. Um, Sometimes it's a, you know, the ugly side of it is people are like, oh, I see you did this. Let me tell you why it's wrong. (laughs) You have to take everything kind of with a grain of salt, but... (laughs) It's okay. Looking back now, after having experienced all of this, what would you say is kind of your biggest takeaway from going through this difficult time in your life? I would say my biggest takeaway right now is that perseverance always matters and advocating for yourself always matters. Um, It's okay that you're going to go in and talk to someone and they might not hear what you're saying. They might not understand what, how you're feeling at that moment, but not backing down from that and keeping the push forward is really going to serve you well in the long run, whether it's your health, whether it's your business, whether it's your family life, always pushing forward. Well, and I I think you bring up something that I've talked with another guest about and when I was talking to her about it, it was a little bit more about therapy side of um, medicine, so mental health, but to not settle. Don't just find somebody and be like, well, okay, they claim they can do this, and I guess that's good enough. Like, Find somebody who will actually push and try and advocate for you. 
um, whether that is a medical professional or a friend or a colleague. Um, but especially when it comes to your health and your well-being, nobody should ever have to settle for just okay when there's better options out there. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I mean, finding a doctor that's willing to work with me has come with expenses, but in the long run, I'm actually spending less than what I did if I were to stay locally, which is insane to me to think about. It's actually cheaper for me to fly to California to see my doctor than it is to see someone 10 minutes, 30 minutes away. That is crazy to think about that. Wow. Yeah, I, I would have yeah, never it's guessed. Insane. No, I wouldn't have either. There's a there's a natural doctor in the Green Bay area. She's very, very good at what she does. But just to get in to see her is $1,500. And that's just for like each appointment, um, which based on the other like medical treatment I've received, that actually sounds like a pretty good deal. I'm not going to be not going to lie. Um, <laughs> but for me to hop on a plane and go to California is still cheaper. And that includes my medication. That includes my doctor's visit. And because I'm not local, that also includes email Skypes with her whenever I need. So there's a lot of extra benefits to like leave your comfort zone literally and go somewhere else. Well, and maybe getting away from the snow in the winter wouldn't be so bad yeah. either. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I do have an appointment in December that I might have intentionally booked <laughs> just in case <laughs> you got to take advantage of all opportunities, even if it's a, a medical related trip. Well, maybe I'll make it a little vacation an extra day or two. Exactly. Yeah. Is there any piece of advice that you would give somebody else who may be struggling with kind of uncertainty in a medical situation? Yeah. Um, my biggest piece of advice, which is going to sound super stupid, um, but do not book an appointment with anyone unless they can spell the name of your disease. <laughs> <laughs> and I wish I was like lying, but I had so many consultations with doctors and I was like, I have Hashimoto's disease. You know, I, I, I want to meet with this doctor. Can you help me? And the person on the other end like their personal assistant would be like, sure, can you spell that for me? I'd be like, uh, no, have you worked with this disease before? And they'd always say yes. I'm like, well, if you have, then you should know how to spell it. And so just kind of like basic red flags. <laughs> um, the other like basic red flag or advice I'd give to people kind of working through your own health journey. I do believe that there is a good time and place for natural medicine. Again, not knocking any doctors, but I really do think that you're going to find answers when you mix the best of the two worlds together. So doing practical things like changing your diet, um, exercising, if you can, whatever that like limitation might be, and then mixing that with traditional medicine is probably going to be where you find your happy spot. And I think that's a great way to look at it. You, you don't always have to pick one or the other. There, There's a time and a place for everything. And like you said, figure out the best combination of both so that hopefully the person can overcome whatever obstacle they're facing. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And my combination isn't going to work for anybody else. It's mine and it's specific to my blood type, which is really cool. Um, I guess that's the other thing I would tell people to advocate for is that 
advocate for your doctor prescribing you medicine based on your blood tests, based on where you're at. Um, so right now I go through blood tests every three to six months just to make sure that what I'm doing is still working. So keeping up with that stuff is huge. So it, it sounds like there there was definitely a, a challenge getting diagnosed, but you continue along this journey and you will have to pretty much for the rest of your life. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Yep. Which <laughs> my mom, after I started seeing my current doctor in California, she was like, so like, how, how long does this take for you to get better? Is this like a two week thing or like, you know, like a two month thing? And I was like, oh, it's like a, like a lifetime thing. <laughs> kind of struggling explaining that to your family members around you is always challenging, even when it's your own mom. So. Well, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you've got the kids at home with you and running your own business. So I appreciate you finding some time to sit down with me this morning and have these conversations and hopefully sharing your story will help others who may be struggling um, and trying to figure out maybe the best course of action to figure out maybe an undiagnosed medical or even anything else along these lines. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me, Ryan. I appreciate it. So if our listeners want to kind of follow along with your journey or get in touch with you, is there any social media or place that's best to find you and connect with you? Sure. Um, my public like business account is like on Instagram is at Elegant Exposure. So you can find me on there. That's probably the easiest way to connect with me. Awesome. Well, as always, we'll put a link in our podcast description with that in there so that if people do want to connect with you or follow along on your business ventures and photography journey, um, they'll be able to do that with an easy click of the mouse. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. So awesome. Thank you again. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing how your journey continues to grow over the time and you continue to be successful and grow your business as well. Awesome. Thank you. As always, thanks for joining us for another episode of Crush and Lemons. And a big shout out to Rachel for sharing her story, which will hopefully help inspire others who may be struggling with a similar situation. If you want to learn more about this podcast, check out our social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Crush and Lemons. And send us a tweet with ideas for future episodes. And if you or someone you know would be interested in being one of our future guests, send us a note to crushandlemons at gmail.com. Lastly, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with someone you know and consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever streaming service you've listened to today. It really helps us grow. If you're dealing with your own lemon moment, just remember you're never alone. There's always other people out there who've gone through similar things. We look forward to sharing more stories with you in the future. In the meantime, keep an ear out for when our next episode drops and work to turn your lemon moments into your very own lemonade.